but saturated fat, it's not the most health-promoting fat source. It's probably the worst fat source that is naturally occurring that we can consume at high levels because what it does is when we consume it at high levels, especially for those who are genetically susceptible, it will change the expression of the LDL receptor at the liver. And why is this important? Well, if we're eating high saturated fat, the LDL receptor at the liver will take in less LDL. It'll allow more LDL cholesterol to circulate. What will happen is you'll have a whole bunch of LDL particles circulating, which is going to increase your risk of heart disease. And this isn't going to happen in one year, two years, three years, five years even. But the, the problem is, and this is something that really concerns me seeing all these extremely elevated LDL levels in these groups, is this is going to catch up. LDL builds up over time. Welcome to the Nutrition Science Podcast, where we help you cut through the noise and make informed science-based decisions about nutrition and your health. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Nutrition Science Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Adrian Chavez, and in this episode, we are going to be discussing the carnivore diet. So this is a question that I've been getting a lot of questions about. The popularity of this dietary approach is probably the highest it's ever been right now, and this is something I posted about recently on my Instagram page, and it invited some discussions that I think are very interesting uh, they deserve a more nuanced discussion, which is what we do here on this podcast. So a few of the things that came up that I want to address is many people uh, follow this diet and they feel better. And I want to discuss that. But first, I want to talk about what this diet is, why it became popular, how it became popular. Uh, and then we'll discuss why a lot of people feel better on it. And then we'll discuss a little bit more about who actually might benefit from following this type of dietary approach overall. But let's first get started with talking about what this diet is, because I know some of you have never heard of this before, and some of you may be familiar with it, but aren't really sure what exactly it means. People will label many different dietary approaches as quote-unquote carnivore, um, but what it originally was was just not eating plants, so just only eating animal foods. Um, many people only eat like beef and water. Some people do beef, butter, and water and salt. And some people do beef, butter, eggs, and water and salt. And, you know, many people are very, very restrictive in that, in the way that they approach it. Others will include eggs and include fish and include other animal-based foods besides just meat. And some people are just doing meat and just one type of meat. Like there's a lot of people that are just eating 100% beef, for example. And this diet has, and I know it sounds, if you've never heard of this before, it may sound a little off or a little different than what you've heard before. Uh, and it is. And it's probably one of the reasons it got popular, which is what we'll discuss in a second. But this diet was largely popularized by a guy named Paul Saladino. He used to call himself Carnivore MD. He doesn't anymore. The reason that he doesn't, and we'll discuss this a little bit more, is that he developed health issues following the dietary approach that he wrote a book about, and he changed his diet as a result. And we'll talk about what he's changed his diet to in a second, but he's one of the main people that popularized it. He wrote a book called The Carnivore Code. It was published in 2020. He's been on podcasts all over the place. He has social media content that is extremely viral. And one of the reasons for this is when you have a contrary opinion or a contrary belief and you stick to it and you have some type of perceived credibility and you, you are very confident in the things that you say, you can convince a lot of people, especially through social media where things go viral and alternative belief systems are very appealing to people. So for example, you know, the average 
general dietary guidelines will tell you, you know, eating a lot of red meat isn't an ideal strategy and eating fruits and vegetables is extremely important and plant-based foods are important. Well, if someone comes in and that's what you've heard and someone comes in and says, actually, these people are lying to you. The reality is that you don't need these foods. These foods are trying to kill you, which is one of the things that he says. He, he's created social media content making up stories about nearly every plant food and singling out very specific compounds in those foods and exaggerating potential negative effects of those compounds. For example, spinach contain a compound called oxalates. These oxalates can build up and create crystals and lead to kidney stones for individuals who are um, consuming low amounts of calcium and who are more susceptible to these kidney stones. So eating more spinach in very specific individuals in the context of a low calcium diet can potentially lead to the production of kidney stones. You can take this information and exaggerate and say oxalates are, they lead to kidney stones. And you can talk about how they lead to kidney stones, but not actually talk about the other context of the fact that they don't actually do that unless it's in the context of a low calcium diet in susceptible individuals. You just leave that part out. And this is what Paul has effectively done with nearly every plant food. Um, he talks about the phytates and the, the, um, the beans and the, the anti-nutrients. And, and he has scared many people out of eating plant foods that are uh, known to be health promoting. We talk about this on the show all the time. I've talked about the research on various benefits of eating plant foods. We talked about fiber uh, a few episodes ago and the benefits of that, which only comes from plant foods. And what Paul has done is he's created content purposefully. I mean, this is a way to um, promote his diet in his book. And he's created content to scare people away from eating plant foods. And he's told people that you know, the only thing you need to do is eat animal foods and you can be healthy. And he makes a lot of claims around how our ancestors only ate animal foods and this is all we're evolutionarily built to eat. And these plant foods are trying to kill us with their defense mechanisms and on and on and on and on. And he has built a company selling uh, liver supplements and organ supplements because if you're eating only meat, you're going to be lacking in a lot of nutrients if you're not eating organ meats. And organ meats can fill a lot of those gaps, but no one likes organ meats. So if you tell people, hey, eat only meat, but you're going to be lacking in vitamin A and other nutrients, and the only way to get that is to eat organ meat. And every, of course, everyone thinks, most people think organ meat is gross because it doesn't taste well. It's not very palatable. You can sell people organ supplements and you say, oh, well, you know, organ meat will fill those gaps. And I know it's gross, but I sell supplements. And so he's built a multi-million dollar supplement company off of it. If you've heard of Liver King, Liver King is this guy that's like on massive amounts of steroids, does crazy theatrics on social media. He is He's business partners with Paul Saladino. He has built another supplement company. So they have Heart and Soil. And I forget what the other one's called, but they built multi-million dollar supplement companies through these types of content, scaring people away from eating plant foods, telling them that they need to rely on animal foods for nutrition and then telling them that, you know, organs are a very important aspect of that. And if you don't like to eat organs, then you can buy our pills. And so um, that's the way that Paul Saladino, that's his business on the back end. He sells liver supplements and organ supplements. And they, he also sells this book. The book is promoting a carnivore diet. As I mentioned a second ago, he does not know, he no longer follows the carnivore diet. Now he claims to be an animal-based diet proponent because he eats fruit and other other foods as well. He started to incorporate, I think, rice and fruit and other, other foods um, into his diet. Now what he is eating is what would be 
somewhat considered a low residue diet. And we talked about types of fiber two episodes ago. I highly recommend checking that out if um, what I'm about to talk about is a little bit confusing for you. Um, so what Paul is following now is basically a diet that's low in soluble fiber or insoluble fiber. And this is a diet that is a research diet essentially for Crohn's disease and IBD. So there's a diet called the Crohn's disease exclusion diet, which is very similar to what he's following now. And if you listen to his story, you'll hear that he kind of started with digestive issues. You know, he felt better on a, you know, taking away plant foods. And so that's why he started promoting the diet. And then many other people now have started promoting the diet. And the reason being is when you start doing something on social media, I've talked about this before. If you start doing something on social media and it becomes viral, so these types of things, claiming that plants are killing you, that, that, that becomes viral because that's new information. People see that and they're like, oh, wow. And then they see this doctor who, because he has an MD, um, so they see this person who has an MD who's explaining it in a way that seems like it makes sense. And if you're just scrolling through social media, you're like, wow, this this seems like it makes sense. And this guy seems like he knows what he's talking about. And it, it can be very easy to, to fall into some of these belief systems and then share that because you're, you, when we find new information that's, that's far from the norm, we're compelled to share it because we, we want to let our friends know. Like, hey, you've been eating um, oatmeal, for example. One of the foods that he often demonizes is oatmeal. So, you know, if you have a friend that eats oatmeal every day and you just came onto some new information telling you that oatmeal is harmful, you're going to be compelled to want to share that with your friend, as a good friend should. But the problem is that he's just making stuff up, like a lot of people on social media. And so this content has, you know, really created a lot of harm in a lot of people. I can't tell you how many people I've worked with. It's been over a dozen, at least, people that I've worked with who have become afraid to eat many foods directly from watching his content. Perfectly healthy foods that they've been afraid to eat just from watching his social media posts. And all these other people have kind of blown up promoting a lot of the same stuff. So there's a lot of other popular influencers now who are now you know carnivore, animal-based diet influencers who have become popular promoting a lot of these same things. There's a lady called Steak and Butter Girl that literally only shows herself eating steak and butter in like sticks of butter. It's it's insane. And what has happened is now, because this has been you know several years in the making and many people started following this diet four, five, six years ago, now people are starting to develop health issues from this diet. And before we get into that, I want to talk about why some people feel better initially and why some people may feel better over the long term when they switch to this dietary approach. And this is one of the reasons why this dietary approach is so um, dangerous because, and, and it's very strategic, uh, but what you'll see Paul tell a lot of people is, if you don't believe me, try it and see for yourself. And... What's going to happen for most people, um, let's say, for example, you're eating a, a standard diet uh, or you're eating even just, you know, you're, you're eating a standard American diet or you're trying to eat, you know, a generally healthy diet. Um, you're, you're eating a balanced, generally healthy diet. Uh, you go on to a carnivore diet. You're only eating beef, you know, animal foods. That's it. Very high protein, very high fat. It's going to be very satiating. So you're going to get full very quickly. 
you're going to lose a lot of water weight very quickly because you're not eating carbohydrates. So your body, all the stored carbohydrates in your body are going to get used off over the first couple of days. You're going to lose a decent amount of water weight. You're going to be eating very high fat, high protein. You're going to be eating very low fiber. So your digestive system in many cases, this doesn't happen for everyone, but in most cases, you're going to feel better, like uh, digestive wise, like you're going to feel less going on in your digestive system because your body's not having to digest the fiber that can be difficult to digest. So for a good portion of people, and again, this is this varies from person to person because some people will start following a carnivore diet, get really constipated and develop serious GI issues very quickly. This is the thing about, you know, GI issues and the complexity of our human body is everyone responds differently. But some people or many, say a portion, good portion of the population, especially and we've talked about this before, but especially people who cannot tolerate high FODMAP foods, and I talked about this in the fiber episodes, go check that out if you don't know what that means, and those who can't tolerate soluble fibers or insoluble fibers. So if you are if you have a hard time toler- tolerating insoluble fibers and high FODMAP foods, when you go on a carnivore diet, you're taking all of those out. So there's a lot of people with digestive issues and autoimmune conditions who feel better when they take these things out. The other side of it is, it's an extreme elimination diet. So you're taking everything out. You're taking you're taking away dairy, you're taking away soy, you're taking away peanuts, you're taking away, if you're only eating beef, you're taking away most types of seafood. All of these are common food allergens and common food sensitivities. So what you're doing is you're, you're essentially eliminating a lot of potential sensitivities and intolerances. And for many people with digestive and autoimmune conditions, taking away those foods can help them to feel better because they're removing some foods that they may have been intolerant to. So for example, someone might just be intolerant to let's say gluten and they're also intolerant to dairy and they're eating it on a regular basis. And they go on this elimination diet, they go on a carnivore diet, they take those two foods out and they feel substantially better, but they could have probably just taken those two foods out and felt substantially better without going on this extreme elimination diet. And so this is a couple of the reasons why people feel better. Number one, they're eating less calories. They'll get into ketosis. They'll lose some quick weight early on, some water weight, and many people are motivated by quick weight loss. So when you go on this diet, you lose six pounds early on, you're motivated. It's hard to overeat when you're only eating protein and fat because they're very satiating. You get tired of eating this. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people, um, and I'll, I'll explain in a second, some of the long-term health effects and and where you can find information about that. But many people who follow this diet get tired of it. They, They don't, I mean, if you're eating beef every single day and that's all you're eating, you're not just gonna walk around snacking all the time. You're just gonna eat less calories. And so people eat less calories, they lose some quick water weight. They eat less calories, they lose more weight. They go into ketosis, they're not as hungry all the time, they lose more weight. And it leads to a lot of weight loss for a lot of people, and they think that it's magical for that reason. It's just a weight loss strategy. It puts people into ketosis, it takes away many options, and people are just going to eat less calories when those options are off the table. So that's one reason people feel better. Second reason, digestive-wise, takes away some fibers and FODMAP-containing foods that can cause GI issues for a lot of people, and a lot of people with GI issues feel better. People with autoimmune conditions, there's a lot of people who have food intolerances and food sensitivities who are intolerant to various foods, and when you eliminate every single food except for one, um, 
sometimes those people feel better. And sometimes it's a combination of all these things that make people feel substantially better. And so over the short term, there's a, a decent percentage of people who, when they start to follow this diet, they feel like it's the best thing that's ever happened because their digestive system feels better. Their immune system is less reactive to the constituents and food that they're eating. Uh, they're losing weight maybe because they're eating less calories and a combination of things just makes them feel substantially better. They're in ketosis, so their brain is not so reliant on glucose for energy throughout the day and the fluctuations in glucose don't impact their, you know, their cognitive function throughout the day and they feel more stable in terms of their mood and their focus. And that will happen for some people following, you know, when they start to go on these types of diets. And for this reason, it can cause someone to really think that this is just magic. This is, and, and so this is why, these are the reasons why, from a marketing standpoint, it is really, really beneficial to just use this rebuttal on people. If, and, and you'll see it in, in Paul's content. Oh, if you, if you don't believe me, just try it. And he's getting people to try it because he knows, and maybe he doesn't understand why, but he knows that a lot of people feel better when they start the diet, and these are the reasons why. Uh, a lot of people don't feel better. A lot of people feel like absolute crap, and and you never hear about that because those people will get blocked on those pages. And this is a really, I've talked about this before, but one of the ways that these people create this narrative is they'll just, if you comment, hey, I started the carnivore diet, I had all these health issues, they will ignore you completely ignore you. They'll block you. They'll, they'll get you off their page. Um, the narrative isn't about, Hey, let's, let's make the people who may benefit from this diet aware of this diet. The narrative is like, Hey, let's tell everyone that they're going to benefit from this diet. And then the people who benefit will, cause you'll see Paul do like videos and other people do videos of people who experience major health benefits from following this diet. And so we'll, we'll elevate their voices. Anyone who doesn't experience major health benefits, we'll, we'll just silence them. And I was tagged in a video several months ago, probably close to a year ago now, where some someone who was following this diet had a stroke. He tagged all of the carnivore influencers, asked if any of them could provide insight information as to why you know, what they were recommending to him caused him to have a stroke at a young age. And uh, no one responded. And I've tagged them multiple times, making, you know, explaining why this diet is, can be harmful and no one responds. And uh, as I mentioned, you know, some people can benefit from it, but the other side of it is the long-term side effects. And these are, these are devastating for a lot of people. So I first became aware of some of this stuff, you know, just in working with people, I've worked with people who have followed this diet, who have been mentally just completely uh, negatively impacted by Paul's content where they're scared to eat foods and they're afraid of a lot of perfectly healthy foods. And so out of curiosity, I joined a couple of Facebook groups centered around low-carb carnivore diets. I did that a few years ago. And over the years, just kind of popped in, curiously seen, you know, kind of the posts that are made. And what I realized is over time, almost every post in there is a side effect of this dietary approach, either high fat keto or, you know, high, low carb carnivore, zero carb, you know, whatever type of approach, very, very low carb, high animal fat, basically. Many people in these groups are following that diet and on an almost daily basis, Posts are being made of people with extremely elevated cholesterol levels 
and many other side effects as well. Hair loss, constipation, diarrhea, loss of periods. The list goes on. And I, I shared a lot of those things in the post that I made on social media. I'll link that in the show notes. There's also a an account on Instagram. I will link that in the show notes too called Carnivore Cringe. And they are in some of these Facebook groups and they often post some of these posts as well. And if you're curious, you can just go join one of these just type in carnivore or very low carb or zero carb Facebook group and join one and you'll see it. Uh, if you don't believe me, you can see it for yourself because I'm in one called cholesterol code and regularly they are posting extremely high lipid levels and other negative side effects. And again, I, I screenshot a lot of that stuff, put it into my Instagram post. Um, and the reason being is, I mean, it should be obvious to many of you if you listen to the show, like you're taking away all of the nutrients from plant food. You're taking away the polyphenols and micronutrients. You're taking away the fiber. And then you're stacking your diet with protein and saturated fat from animal foods, which talked about in my saturated fat episode. I'll link that in the show notes. But saturated fat, it's not the most health-promoting fat source. It's probably the worst fat source that is naturally occurring that we can consume at high levels because what it does is when we consume it at high levels, especially for those who are genetically susceptible, it will change the expression of the LDL receptor at the liver. And why is this important? Well, if we're eating high saturated fat, the LDL receptor at the liver will take in less LDL. It'll allow more LDL cholesterol to circulate. And what will happen is you'll have a whole bunch of LDL particles circulating, which is going to increase your risk of heart disease. And this isn't going to happen in one year, two years, three years, five years even. Um, but the, the problem is, and this is something that really, I, I'm, it concerns me seeing all these extremely elevated LDL levels in these groups, is this is going to catch up. Um, LDL builds up over time. It's it's like if you had very unclean water or you were, let's say you were dumping fat down your sink on a regular basis. You were, you were frying grease and just dumping it down your sink on a regular basis. Over time, that's going to build up in, in the sides of your, um, in your plumbing and it's going to cause a blockage. That's exactly what's happening in our body. Now, it's a little bit more complicated in the way that happens and the way that fats are transported and the way that these fats can get into the artery wall and the way that these fats develop into a plaque. Like there's a multi-step process there's a lot of things going on but the reality is that if you're eating high saturated fat low fiber because fiber also helps to clear ldl so you're it's the perfect storm for increasing ldl cholesterol and what we're doing is you're taking in no carbohydrates and all of your calories are coming from protein and fat and your metabolic machinery has a limited capacity to metabolize these these proteins and fats so what's happening is these fats are circulating in the system for a very long period of time. I've talked about this before. We don't want high levels of fats or sugar to be circulating in our system all day. That's what causes damage, excessive energy circulating in our blood. And what happens is when people are eating these very high-fat diets, their triglycerides and LDL cholesterol throughout the day after their meals are extremely high because their body's taking a very long time to clear out those fats from the blood. And this is a problem. Like if they replace some of that fat with carbohydrates, their triglycerides would be lower, their glucose response would be perfectly healthy, and their body would be able to process that energy efficiently. But when you're completely biasing towards one energy source and you're completely ignoring your body's metabolic abilities to metabolize this other energy source, which is glucose and carbohydrates. So they're not consuming any glucose and carbohydrates. The body's ability 
to break that down and use it for fuel is not being utilized and it's basically forcing the body to utilize all of the capacities, metabolic capacities for metabolizing fat and protein in order to break down that same amount of energy. And if, if these people were just, as I mentioned, consuming more carbohydrates, their blood glucose response would not be negatively impacted and their blood lipids would improve dramatically. And beyond cholesterol, when we look at cancer, for example, all of the foods that have shown to be protective against cancer are plant foods, with the exception of maybe salmon and low-fat dairy. When we look at animal foods, at the very least, they increase risk of cancer when we eat more of them. Consuming more animal foods associated with increased risk of cancer or no neutral. And I'm talking about with the exception of salmon and, and dairy, but like meats, for example, and eggs. Discussed eggs in a previous episode. If you're eating more eggs and meat and butter, best case scenario, your risk of cancer isn't increasing. Worst case scenario, it's going up. And if you're eating that much, we don't have data on that. We don't have studies on people eating uh, that many servings of red meat a day. It's probably likely, based on all the evidence that we have, that that's going to increase risk of cancer and heart disease. And, and we're starting to see that, and these things don't happen overnight. And this is the challenge. Is it's very easy to deceive people, and it's very easy to say, oh, if you don't believe me, try it. And these people are going to feel better in the short term, but you don't feel heart disease coming on. You know, Someone who's diabetic doesn't feel that. We don't feel these things circulating in our blood. We just have to get our labs measured. And if you're getting labs measured, people who are following carnivore diet, in almost every case, will have very high LDL levels. And again, that's not going to be a problem. Year one, year three, year five, year 10, year 15, year 20, this is going to be an extreme problem. And we're going to see people who are 40 years old, 45 years old, having you know, perfectly healthy metabolically, otherwise, because they're, you know, exercising, they're not overeating, they're eating a lot of protein, you know, they're, they're going to be, you know, their HbA1c is going to be great, their, their blood glucose is going to be great, but their LDL is going to be through the roof for years, and as a result of that, uh, that is going to build up as a plaque, and it's going to cause a blockage, and this otherwise perfectly healthy person is going to develop, you know, heart issues as a result of this particular diet. And this is going to be much more likely in those who are genetically susceptible. I talked about this on the saturated fat episode. Our response to saturated fat in terms of how it impacts our LDL is largely a genetic thing. Like it, it varies pretty dramatically from person to person. But this diet is harming people. Like the post that I made on Instagram is, in my opinion, this is going to be probably one of the most harmful fads in the history of diets. There's a lot of people who are going to lose 20, 30 years of their life. They're going to get heart disease 20 years earlier than they should have because they followed this type of dietary approach. There were multiple comments and multiple DMs that I got of people who had a spouse or a brother-in-law who was young and otherwise healthy, who ended up having a cardiovascular event, a heart issue, heart attack, as a result of following this type of dietary approach. And again, we don't have a lot of data on this because people have never eaten like this. And we don't know what happens when someone eats like this 20, 30 years. But when we look at the risk factors and we extrapolate that out, it doesn't look good. And what we're starting to see now is we're starting to see a lot of these negative side effects starting to occur. And I'm talking with this, I'm talking about LDL cholesterol and cancer because I'm looking long term. But also in the one, three, five years, what we're also going to see in a lot of people is nutrient deficiencies, digestive issues due to lack of fiber and excessive saturated fat and protein. We're going to see hormonal issues due to lack of carbohydrates and due to 
under nutrition for a lot of people because they just can't eat enough because they're not craving another steak. And so these things are going to start popping up more and more in the shorter term. And then we're going to start to see some of these cardiovascular events in the mid to long term. And it's really unfortunate, you know, and I mentioned earlier, you know, there is a group of people, you know, people with digestive issues and autoimmune conditions who may benefit from an elimination diet and following this diet for them seems like for them feels like it gave them a new life because it was a type of elimination diet. But the reality is that in many cases, this is not the right approach. In most cases, in almost every case, this is not the right approach. And there may be cases where taking away certain types of fiber, taking away certain plant foods, that's going to be best for someone. But going completely carnivore and only eating red meat is not going to support health long term. Nutrient deficiencies are going to develop. Your body is going to start to develop negative consequences of consuming that much saturated fat over time. And it's just not a scenario that you want to be in, especially based on the misinformation that is circulated on social media. It really bothers me to see people being harmed by this content because it's very persuasive. And even when I watch it, I'm like, wow, this this guy does a good job of scaring people, of making it seem legitimate, of cherry picking this study that was done in a lab that the average person is not going to be able to critique on the fly. And it's very convincing. But in the end, this trend is going to harm a lot of people. And hopefully this episode will reach the right people and help to provide more information around this diet and help people make a more informed decision. Again, I know a lot of this information can be very persuasive, but I do not recommend for anyone to follow this type of approach. And and when you see this information demonizing certain vegetables and plant foods, understand that this is usually not telling the full picture. It's usually misleading in some way. There's context being left out and it's not information that you should trust and pay attention to. Focus on getting your information from quality sources who are going to provide you both sides of the story and not just one. So that's all I have for this episode of the show. I hope this was informative and helpful. And if you know someone who's following this type of dietary approach, I recommend sharing this episode with them. You know, Maybe this will provide some information, help provide a more balanced perspective on this diet. But I really just don't want to see people being harmed by it. And again, I... I see it. I've seen it personally. I've seen it on social media. And this is going to continue as long as this trend continues to be popular. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Nutrition Science Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you go over and leave a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to the show. It will be greatly appreciated and it helps us to climb up the charts and reach more people. Thanks again. Have a great week and we will talk soon. (laughs) 